Hey everybody, Tom Block. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles and thank you to Seminole Boosters for their support of this program and more than that, their support of Florida State student-athletes. If you're listening to this show and you're not a booster, what are you doing? Support the program and the student-athletes you care about. All the information you need is online at boosters.fsu.edu. Your gift makes an impact. It supports scholarships and sports medicine, strength and conditioning, nutrition, equipment. Buy tickets, show the student-athletes you care. All the info you need, boosters.fsu.edu. And all the info you need this week, well, here's Front Row Knowles. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Good day, everybody. Tom Block, Keith Jones back with you. This is Front Row Knowles. Keith, good to see you, sir. Good to be seen. We've got plenty of football to talk about. Patrick Burnham, our Osceola insider, will join us. In-depth talk from the football fields. News seems to be positive thus far, but news is typically positive right now because you can't lose a game when you're just practicing, right? But 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 you could lose some players, and so far, knock on something. Been Seems like it's been pretty decent for FSU. Well, that Coach Norvell alluded to the fact that maybe there was a little bug going through, which is kind of hard to believe when it's 137 degrees outside. But in light of the pandemic and COVID, you know, who knows what else is coming? Maybe maybe monkeypox is on the horizon. I'm not sure. But oh, thanks for thanks for that. But by all indications, uh, things are trending well. Now, what the uh, rate of increase and in incline is, I don't know, but. Uh, uh, they seem to be trending well. How do you trudge through this point of camp, Keith? You just do it. I mean, I, I realize that's a real simple, stupid answer. But this is the time when you just, you've got to be like the, the proverbial mule. You just put your head down and you keep grinding. Now, what's different is that you know, in years past, and I'm sure Patrick Burnham, who will join us in, in our next segment, will bring this up as well. You know, it was just surviving because you were going twice a day. Uh, it was very, very difficult. So it's a little bit easier from a mental standpoint because you're only on the field once a day. But you still got to have that mindset of, of getting through it and, and finding a way because it toughens you up. It prepares you mentally. You'll be much better in the game for having done it. And uh, the mature players understand that. The immature players don't, and that's why you get separated in week three and you start putting the, the roster together in the two deep. It's, it's not changed a lot in 100 years. It's just done a little differently. But, the, but the, the process is basically the same. I know this is not physical exertion and exhaustion, Keith, but compared to your day, the video capability is just a wee bit different. And so while you might not be on the field as much, that that film study, which is not film, that that could get a little mentally fatiguing too. And I don't know how much time they spend, but uh, th this is not the one high camera. I mean, there's, there's angles and shots of everything nowadays. Very much. And the other thing that it does is you know you can't loaf and practice because everything is taped. Uh, it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. There were times when I was playing that uh, you knew that you had no camera on. You had coaches watching you, but you didn't have film. 
and uh, that that sometimes would make a, a, a coward out of you. But that's not the case today. Everything gets reviewed. So every step you take, I'm sure they grade them on how well they drink their uh, their water or their their uh, Powerade or whatever they get during the breaks. I'm sure you're graded on how you take your drinks these days. I guess this will balance out during the season, but it really feels to me like a wise decision to go ahead and get this extra game in before LSU start a week earlier, immediately get a, you know, play two games and then get a bye week. And I realize other schools will catch up, but it, it does feel like Florida state's much further along than what they typically are at this point. I agree. I mean, you know, scheduling is so hard to do uh, and we're, we're, we won't get into it in this show, but as we go forward, we're going to talk about continuing conference realignment and, how many conference games you play and should you start in week zero and there's two breaks, uh, two off weeks during the season, you know, what everybody needs to move to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Florida State does kind of catch a break by playing an opponent that you obviously will be favored for as you get ready for that LSU contest. That game, of course, just over two weeks away. Hard to believe when Duquesne comes to town. All right, Patrick Burnham will join us from the Osceola. He's a former O-lineman. He's Wally Burnham's son. He's with the Osceola. Been at football practice. We'll uh, pick his brain when we continue. Stay with us. Front Row Knowles is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now back to Tom and Keith. Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. Tom Block, Keith Jones with you. Let us open up that Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. Say hello to uh, old friend Patrick Burnham, who is with the Osceola. He is our Osceola Insider this week. Patrick, how are you, sir? Doing great, guys. Uh, good to see you guys again. It's been a while. Good to see you. Let's let's be honest now. As a guy who used to sweat through two-a-days, do you appreciate the fact that practice is in the morning and it's not quite as warm and toasty as it might be if it was held regularly at, ended at 5.30 or 6? <laughs> or would you rather have to sleep? Well, uh, back when I played, uh, I dreaded both the morning and the afternoon practice. So. That's where I was going. That's where I was going. <laughs> there was no, there was no uh, favorite practice uh, besides maybe a short stay on a Thursday before a game in high school or a Friday before a game in college. But uh, listen, uh, you're right. The heat's not the temperature is not quite as bad but the, the humidity is so much worse in the morning i mean it's, it was like a sauna out there today but no i certainly uh enjoy the uh smell of fresh cut grass in august more than any other time but it still gives makes me a little bit nauseous until i get used to it because i do remember uh back in the old days when there were two a day <laughs> well just to get get us started here a really broad question a couple weeks in and uh, I haven't been to, to too many practices, but when I've been, I've seen you, and I know you've been to most of them. What's what's kind of your broad strokes general impression of what you've seen? Well, you know, I, I think the uh, one of the first things that I talked to Bob and Jerry and really several of the other members of the media about was just uh, when you've been around somebody or a group of people for a while, you kind of get a sense or feel for things. And, you know, obviously Coach Norvell has allowed us a lot of access to practices outside of the 2020 season with COVID and there is a different energy and feel this team uh they're starting to take on some of the traits of coach Norvell who's a confident focused guy who works very hard and you see some of those things uh 
in this team and they, they seem like they're a closer team than the teams I can remember covering the previous three years, going back to Willie's last year when we did a revamp of the Osceola. Uh, so uh, you can't quite put your finger on it, but there is a different feel of this team. They seem to carry themselves a little bit differently. Uh, and of course, every season brings about renewed enthusiasm and hope. And you know, listen, we won't know what the end result of this is going to be until we get to the end of November and uh, play Florida in that last regular season game. Uh, but, you know, this is certainly a deeper team than any of Mike's uh, first two teams uh, compared to uh, what we've seen in the past and over the course of the first 11 days. And, of course, uh, being deeper makes you more competitive. Uh, more competitive produces better players, and better players produce better results. Uh, we'll see where this goes as the, uh, we get into the season with Duquesne and LSU and then into the conference schedule. Uh, but, you know, uh, at most positions, you feel like they're a little bit deeper than they have been in the past. Uh, so, uh, you know, we'll see as they continue to develop. Uh, there's certainly some promise there, but uh, certainly seems to be a little bit different team than the teams we've seen uh, since uh, I started working for the Osceola again in 2019. Pat, one thing that's jumped out at me, just in comments, I'd, I'd be interested in your perspective. This is the time of year when traditionally the defense is ahead of the offense just because of the way the two seg sections work. I'm not getting that vibe this year. How about you? Yeah. Well, you know, listen, uh, it's, you take the last two days, for example, you go out to yesterday's practice and, you know, the defense had a great day. I mean, there's no other way around it. Uh, uh, they were as good as we'd seen them in any of the nine previous practices. Of course, they're doing more contact work than they have. And then you flip around to today, which is uh, – Tuesday and you know the offense had a very strong day you know they bounced back uh you know so there was more give and take uh over the last two days but we have seen uh fairly competitive 11 on 11 periods I remember the first day they went pads uh the offense looked very good throwing the ball the defense had a better day in the run so uh but today in particular as you got into the group worked offensive line defensive line going against each other uh particularly an inside drill it seemed to be more evenly split than it has been uh up until this point but yeah certainly uh you know there's the offense seems to be further along compared to where maybe last year's offense was 10 days in the camp and so forth and so on well, let's get into your area of expertise, Patrick. Uh, it was noticeable to me, uh, not an offensive lineman, though trending that direction, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> uh, certainly very noticeable from day one that there's a lot more bodies and a lot more bodies that look like they could play than what they've had. The, the depth is there. Uh, there there's more guys. Uh, but beyond yeah. that, as, as, as you've watched them, you, you know, is there true? I think Mike said at the start of camp that, he wanted to get to nine or 10 guys you could rely on something like that. That number might be a little off, but, but are you seeing that out there? What are you seeing out there? Yeah. I think if they can stay healthy, they have a chance to be that eight, nine, 10 deep. Now they, have, they obviously said in years past that they want to be seven or eight deep. I think they can definitively do that this year. Uh, but certainly when you bring in three transfers, Caden Lyles, bless Harris, uh, turn in time from uh, South Carolina, uh, they obviously bring instant experience 
uh, into the program. And, you know, a guy like Bless Harris, he just seems to get better every day. Uh, you know, Caden uh, Lyles has been impressive at times. And then, you know, you look at some of these young guys starting to come along. Uh, Bryson Estes, is, uh, I left out Dimitri Emanuel from Charlotte. You know, he's a guy that looks like he's going to uh, battle tooth and nail all the way until uh, they set the two deep for a starting position. Uh, so yeah, then you look at guys uh, like Bryson Estes and uh, who seems to be uh, – coming into his own and Mike's mentioned him before uh you know and then uh you got the Lloyd Willis's of the world Darius Washington we haven't even talked about and then you got some true freshmen that show uh really good potential uh Julian Armella continues to get better and better I'm not saying he's going to play this year uh I think he's going to battle for a spot on the two deep he's uh Mike mentioned a couple of days ago he ran with the one some in the scrimmage and then Quayshawn Sapp has been impressive and Jalen Early looks like uh he's a guy that will maybe not help this year but uh next year but certainly uh there's more bodies uh and probably more importantly, there's talent in those bodies. So I think we counted 20 offensive linemen today in practice. Uh, so, uh, you know, listen, uh, Thomas Schrader's back. You know, he missed uh, last year with an injury, and uh, I was not here for spring ball, so I don't know if he went through spring, but he's a guy that is starting to, as the camp has gone on, gotten more and more competitive. So, yes, you got to be excited about the fact that you're probably going to be deeper than you have been in three years, probably even five years on the offensive line. Scrimmage was closed Saturday night, but by all accounts, moving to the running back position, maybe no one stood out, but Coach Norvell went out of his way uh, to talk about how well they had performed as a group, the running backs. Yeah, and they've been impressive in practice. And, you know, you've got uh, uh, Trey Benson, who is, gives you some uh, explosive quality. Maybe they haven't had uh, – he's a more compact guy, but he's fast and he – that good balance and has some power to him and uh then you take Treshawn Ward who has earned a scholarship he had scholarship offers coming out of high school chose to walk on here as most everybody knows by now earned a scholarship and listen uh you know the thing that you appreciate about Treshawn is he runs every day like he's still trying to earn that scholarship and uh he's a fun kid to watch uh then you got Lawrence Toafili who, uh, is, you know, he's a slippery guy. He can get skinny in a little small hole and uh, slither out of there. So he's fun to watch. And then, of course, you know, Rodney Hill, the true freshman, uh, you know, uh, he has been impressive at times in camp. Uh, they all have different skill sets. Obviously, Lawrence can line up in the backfield or in a slot or even outside receiver, to be honest with you. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it looks like it's going to be running back by committee, which there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, or certainly, you got you look like you're going to be four deep at running back and uh, certainly a position that's been impressive in camp so far. Have you seen the consistency out of the receiving core that's needed? Have you seen improvement out of the receiving core? I think you see, uh, I think you've seen, uh, we thought Johnny Wilson, the transfer from Arizona state, we thought he had his best day of practice that we'd watch today. Uh, you know, do you see a consistency across the board? No. Uh, you know, I don't think uh, for anybody that's uh, football minded, uh, you know, sometimes one drops too many, right? So, so and I think sometimes we have a tendency to be too critical, uh, sometimes but yes I mean I think it's a deeper group than we've had uh you can you know you can sit to continue to see the development of Deuce Span who's got the ability to take uh, as the old saying goes the top off of defense 
Uh, then you watch a guy like Malik McClain. It looks like he is starting to take the next step. Uh, you know, Ja'Kai Douglas, who splits the time between running back in the slot, has been impressive at times during camp. Uh, and then, of course, Mike Pittman, uh, you know, he continues to get better and more involved in this offense. So I think then, then of course, you, you're not even talking about Pookie, uh, who's, you know, obviously going to be a guy that's going to play a lot of football for FSU this year. But certainly I think they're deeper than they have been and have a chance to be better at receiver than uh, what we've seen the last, you know, again, I'll go back to the offensive line. It's been a while since uh, we've had a receiving core that uh, has probably been as consistent and productive as um, any of the staffs that have been here of late would have liked. Quarterback, we say for last, uh, it's it's Travis's job, but yep. I think Tate has made a name for himself in terms of if he's called upon, we talk about he'd be serviceable, yeah. but he may be a level above serviceable with the yeah, strides he's yeah. made. Uh, listen, I thought I think Tate's been very impressive in camp. I can honestly say this: I have uh, I like Tate coming out of high school. Uh, I've been waiting for this, uh, and of course, you know, listen, he got thrown to the wolves early in his career. Uh, that game, uh, I guess he started was I believe it was Jacksonville State last year. I think that was his first start. Didn't go great. Uh, didn't go great for anybody. But uh, certainly, uh, you know, I, Mike even alluded to it on. Uh, after Monday's practice, he feels like things are clicking for Tate, and it certainly looks that way. Uh, you know, he's got a strong arm. He's more athletic than most people would realize. Uh, I like to call him Sticks because he's skinny. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's got an arm. He throws a nice deep ball, and I do think that, uh, you know, I think that people are going to be pleased if we see the same thing in the games that we're seeing at practice uh, when he gets a chance to get in there and play. I think people are going to see the development in um, Tate. And then, of course, you know, A.J. is a talented young kid that, uh, you know, has got a bright future ahead of him. You really like the way he throws the ball. And, uh, you know, listen, uh, just like any freshman and Keith, uh, we've been there. We, you know, we, heard, we hear Mike talk about freshman moments and uh, mm -hmm. A.J. certainly mm -hmm. had some of those. Uh, but he's a guy that obviously uh, we really liked. We, uh, Charles Fishbot and I, our Osceola recruiting analysts, thought he was one of the top five quarterbacks in the nation when he came out in that particular class. And, uh, you know, very excited to see about his development. But uh, certainly this is Jordan's team. Mike has uh, mentioned several times that uh, Jordan has elevated his game to a new level. Uh, obviously, we don't get to see the scrimmages, but he has looked sharp in practice. Uh, and, uh, you know, listen, I think they've got a, a good quarterback room. Uh, and, you know, it's, you know, this team has been the last three years, go, uh, especially offensively, goes as Jordan goes. So hopefully you can keep him healthy. But certainly, uh, you know, I, I feel I think you feel better about Tate. And then, you know, if you, know, if you get some AJ and some reps and some games and kind of, you know, uh, bring him along slowly uh, I, I think you the it's bright future uh, right now for them pat i've heard a lot of conjecture a lot of focus really on has jordan taken another step it, and i just asked you is the receiving core consistent enough but what we haven't talked about and i mean we collectively the media at least i haven't heard it to me the biggest thing that this offensive line could bring is is are you finally in third and manageable instead of third and long when you line up to run the ball because you need one yard, can you get one yard without the dog and pony show? What do you think based on what you've seen so far? Well, listen, you know, they, they have been successful running the ball uh, 
he, since Coach Norvell has been here, uh, you know, they found a way to run uh, in years. They've manufactured it no matter how. But, you know, so, yes, I do. I think they'll be better. We, you know, we haven't seen them, uh, you know, what I consider live goal line where you're in there, for, you know, they're tackling and the linebackers are, you know, coming downhill full speed. Uh, but, yes, they certainly look like they're going to be better. Like, uh, I've, you know, I pay attention to Bless Harris. I had some questions on him. Uh, you know, coming out of Lamar, would he be able to make the transition? Would he look better than he did on his Lamar tape? And, you know, I noticed him today in inside drill. He's, you know, they listen, these guys are going against a very, very good defensive line in practice. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't, they're not going to face a whole lot of defensive lines probably better than what they're going to face when you look at the interior of Florida State's defensive line. And obviously you got some talented defensive ends too. Uh, you know, I think to me, uh, I think the bigger question is can, you know, what we, I think I want to see from the offensive line is when it's third and seven and it's, a you know, the guys on the other side of the ball are pinning their ears back, you know, jetting up field. Can this group pass protect and known passing situations I think that's where the weakness has been uh you know but all indications are that this is going to be a better offensive line in both areas sounds good we'll talk about that defensive line as we uh flip the side of the ball when we continue stay with us here on front row Knowles be sure to subscribe to the front row Knowles podcast and follow at front row Knowles on Twitter now back to at underscore Tom block and Twitterless Keith Jones yes you heard us right in the prime Meridian Bank Studios our guest our Osceola insider Patrick Burnham we continue the conversation let's move over to the defensive side of the ball you mentioned that defensive line might be as good as they'll face this year at least in the interior I don't think that's a surprise. We'd all sign up for saying that's the best segment group on the team when you look at that first two. So what what have you seen? I mean, have they been as good as advertised? Are the lead, are they leading the way they should be given their experience? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you watch Love It Cooper at times, and they're dominant. I mean, they really are. I mean, uh, I can't I can't remember what was inside drill or one on one pass pro today, but Fabian was uh, phenomenal. Uh, Cooper is making plays every. Uh, I, could, I think it was eleven on eleven period. One day last week, they're in full pads, and I think he must have made, you know, three out of five plays in a given segment of practice. Uh, so certainly you're, uh, you know, pleased with what they do. And then I think what really excites you is you see a kid like Jarrett Jackson uh, starting to, you know, he was he transferred from Louisville. A lot was expected of him. Uh, he started to come get toward, you know, tap that potential last year towards the end of the season, but he looks to be in the best shape of his life. He at times can be a dominant player and he's six, six, 300 pounds. And I think he could probably play either position, either the three technique or the shade. And, you know, obviously they're going to do some other things as far as where they line up besides that. And then Josh Farmer's had a great uh, camp. I think he's flashed from time to time. And uh, then you look at uh, Malcolm Ray. Uh, so you got five guys there and then two freshmen inside that have looked really good so far. Uh, that are can play this year are Bishop Thomas and Daniel Lyons. Now, obviously, uh, if you can save a year, that's great. But, you know, uh, if you have to play them, you know, hopefully get some reps in some of those games where you, before you have to redshirt them. And then, you know, another kid that stands out is Tafasi. I, I cannot pronounce his first name. I don't think he's eligible this year. But uh, Tafasi, he's going to be a heck of a player if he continues to do what he's doing. So, certainly, uh, you know, there were the, you knew you had Lovett and Cooper uh, that had a chance to be really good players. 
Uh, you had questions about how deep they could be. Uh, and right now, Jarrett Jackson and Josh Farmer in particular are answering the questions. And then you've got, a, you know, Malcolm Ray has been impressive at times during his career. And then you bring in Bishop Thomas, who plays with great leverage. He might have a chance to play as a true freshman. Uh, same thing with Daniel Lyons. There's got to be a fall off on the defensive end, or maybe not. Well, you know, I think that was another big question. You felt really good about uh, Dennis Briggs, right? You knew, you know, he had a very good season before he got hurt last year playing as a undersized defensive tackle. There were, uh, you know, he was very impressive early on, even though he was quiet about it. Uh, but, you know, Dennis is bigger. He looks better than he ever has in his career at Florida State. And he's been impressive in camp. Uh, Derek McClendon other, on the other side or – uh, and one of the other the other defensive end positions look good. And, of course, uh, you know, Jared Verse, uh, very, uh, very impressive kid. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to do what Jermaine Johnson did, but the kid's got a chance to be a really, really good player. And then Leonard Warner. I mean, you've got to credit Leonard. Uh, you know, he moved around a lot. He played outside linebacker, inside linebacker, uh, you know, depending on what defense they were trying to play here. Uh, and then finally they gave him a home. Uh, at defensive end, and I I think Leonard's had a really good camp, and then we've heard him talk about Patrick Payton, and I think Patrick's got a chance to help him in pass rush situations, uh, and then of course you know uh, you got uh, George Wilson, Dante Anderson, Aaron Hester, one of those guys slowly develop as the season goes on, but I do feel like uh, Florida State's got a shot at being too deep at defensive end at both side on both sides of the ball. Well, that's saying something. So to to as we go into the linebacker segment before we get there, are, are they going to have to send pressure more though, to get home with, without the two guys from a year ago? You know, I, I, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, some of that, uh, if you got guys that can cover, you don't have to bring as many people. Right. Uh, so we'll, some of that's going to be dictated by the back end of the defense. Uh, I certainly think that you'll see them bring some pressure with some of the athletes they have. Uh, but yes, I mean, you know, the, Obviously, you would prefer to get to the quarterback with less people if you can, uh, but we'll see. I mean, again, we have not seen him in, you know, full-scale tackle, uh, but I do think that Verse has a chance to be a good pass rusher. Briggs does, McClendon does, and uh, then, of course, Patrick Payton's uh, very quick off the edge, uh, and we'll see how it goes. But, yes, I think that uh, you know, this, you know, the inside push you're going to get from Cooper and Lovett and Jackson and Farmer are going to help the outside guys because – you know, if verse turns out to be what people think he is or plays up to his potential sooner, uh, you know, who are you going to double team? You're going to double team verse, you're going to double team love it. I mean, you know, so those guys inside can help free up those guys on the outside. So, uh, but I think it's going to be complimentary football. If the DBs can cover tight, uh, the less people you got to uh, have uh, rush the passer. So now to the linebackers, Tatum Bethune has gotten a lot of attention, but all of a sudden it, I feel like it swung 180 degrees from, man, Florida State just doesn't have a good linebacking group at all to they might actually be decent this year. Well, yeah, listen, first of all, Tatum Bethune so far from what we've seen in practice, he's a guy that you notice every day. I mean, he's making tackles in the backfield. He's making tackles on the perimeter of the defense. He's making tackles in the middle of the defense. Uh, he has been what we thought he might be when uh, – he came out of uh, UCF at the end of this past season, and you know he had that 15 tackle game against Florida. That does not seem to be an aberration. I mean, the kid shows up every time, and he has changed the dynamic of that particular room. Uh, you know, Kalen Deloach, uh, you know, is a guy that 
can run and hit. And we wondered when that light would come on for him because he was highly thought of coming out of high school. And towards the end of last year, he did come on. He got better and better. And, uh, you know, he's a kid that continues to flash in practice. And then, of course, you know, Coach Norvell certainly talked about DJ Lundy some and, uh, you know, showed up in that scrimmage uh, on Saturday night. We heard talk about then. He's, uh, you know, kind of re shaped his body to a lesser he was never a kid that was out of shape necessarily but uh you know he is trimmed down he's leaner uh and uh, has been able to keep his strength and you know we didn't get to see him play on saturday night but all reports were that he had a really really good scrimmage and then of course yeah uh, you know amari gainer you know he's on the inside or you know they obviously they do different things with those two linebacker spots, but Amari's a guy that's made a lot of plays and uh, has been dependable for this defense. And, you know, then Brendan Gant has moved down uh, a little smaller guy, but seems to be comfortable in there, uh, you know, playing inside. Sometimes he's lined up inside the box, inside the tackle box. And then of course, you know, you got Omar Graham who came out of high school, highly thought after, I think he's got a little refinement to do uh, as far as, you know, learning the proper techniques and fundamentals that you need to play with at linebacker at the major college levels and, you know, Stephen Dix. Uh, so, you know, I, you know, that's the one position you worry about from an injury standpoint, you know, you want them to stay very healthy at linebacker uh, because you, you know, there's, you got nine scholar. I mean, by my account, seven scholarship guys, for two positions. So, uh, you know, you, and one of those guys is a true freshman. So I think, you know, and one of the guys never played the position before, uh, Brendan's moving in from strong safety and, you know, obviously the nature of his game has always been, he's been a physical player, uh, but how does he hold up playing and play out playing that close to the line of scrimmage? So there's some questions there, but certainly Tatum Bethune has helped that room tremendously. Matt, we hear all about the, and appropriately so, uh, the prospects for Jamie Robinson, uh, Akeem Dent, played very well early in his career and kind of fell off, but now is coming back. But there are a number of talented people. They're not proven. They've not been consistent. But that defensive backfield, they've got some talent. Yeah, I mean, you look around, and, uh, I mean, you mentioned it, Jamie Robinson, uh, all ACC preseason, had a great year last year, obviously a very productive player at the University of South Carolina. So he's a guy that you think second year in the system, you know, towards the end of last year, they moved from that nickel corner position back to a safety position. Seems to be very comfortable there. Keem Dent is a guy that continues to get better and better, as you said, uh, as he's progressed. And, you know, uh, you know, he has some rough spots early in his career, but listen, it's hard to play early. I don't care whether you're secondary or uh, whatever position you're talking about. Uh, it's, it's hard to play early. And then, of course, you know, uh, Kevin Knowles, you, you know, you, consistently impressive with the job Kevin Knowles does it that nickel corner position and you bring in a guy like Greedy Vance who played a lot of football at Louisville last year uh, I mean to go back to safety Shaheen Brown and Cindy Williams we've seen Cindy Williams press into action early you know does he take the next step in his development back there at safety uh, Shaheem is a physical player it's going to be fun to watch him develop and then of course uh, you know uh, Let's talk about the the corner, Amari Cooper, Damari Tate, Travis. I think Travis is safety, but uh, Renardo Green, Sam McCall, Azari Thomas, Jerry and Jones. Uh, they've all flashed. You see the athletic ability in all of them. Uh, so I think the competition is going to be tough there. But as Keith alluded to, uh, we understand that they have the resumes coming out of high school. Most of these guys were very highly sought after coming out of high school but what you that as this group as a whole 
needs to take the next step and be a formidable pass defense. And I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think we've seen them play up to their capabilities yet. Are they trending that way from what you see in the first two weeks? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, I think they got a chance to be better. Yes. I do think they're having a chance to be better. I mean, you're talking about, again, uh, you go look around this, particularly in the secondary, uh, you know, you've had a lot of guys that have come in and had to play very early in their careers. And, uh, you know, at some point there's that scar tissue is going to build up and, you know, you're going to start to reap the, we've, we've talked about this last year that some of the things that we were seeing Florida state may not reap the benefits of immediately, but there was going to be some, there was going to time that that was going to come to fruition. And uh, I think that for some of these guys, we will see that, uh, you know, I can, t- I think I'm uh, Marion Cooper, a uh, guy that was very impressive last year uh, that you would think would be just, just that much better going into his second full season. So, uh, you know, we, Azaria Thomas has, uh, Azaria, I'm sorry, has, you know, flash seems to flash every day in practice he you know he's making interceptions you see him flash everywhere jerry and jones uh has had a better camp than i remember having him than him having last fall so yeah i think listen i think he's got a chance to be a deep secondary right we all think these kids are talented they all came out of high school highly thought after uh but it's another group that has to prove uh that it can live up to the hype i'm with patrick burnham from the osceola so patrick similar to the question i asked you last segment about short yardage is FSU going to be able to convert third and two goal line, that sort of thing. Uh, this plays in because when you look at the schedule, it really looks as if many games are one, they're going to be forecast to be one possession games, FSU favored by a couple or underdog by a couple. Well, yeah. the little things matter. So yeah. little things could be a, a field goal attempt at the end of a game. It could be uh, hidden yardage on returns. It could be, did you actually get a, a 48 yard punt or was it a 32 yard punt? Yep. How are special teams looking thus far? Well, I would tell you what, if they're not good on special teams, it's not going to be for lack of effort <laughs> because <laughs> they do, they practice hard on special teams every single day. I don't care whether they're in pads, shells, helmets, and shorts. I mean, they, uh, you know, Mike and his staff really do stress special teams. We watch them get after, uh, you know, uh, they did some punt return stuff, kickoff coverage stuff, uh, fairly pretty much live today and uh, Jay coached uh Pappy just was fired up you can you probably could have heard him over uh, on the band field if you were standing over there but uh you know it was uh they get after it on special teams I would think they would be uh better this year than they have been uh you know Master Mono uh, a little bit inconsistent at times which Mike has referenced he was upset with his you know the kicker snappers and holders after uh, one particular practice but uh you know we I saw him he booted a 55 yard the other day uh I think we saw a 45 yard field goal made today by Fitzgerald so uh and listen they spent a lot of time on that return game uh you know uh you know trying to kickoff and punt return. So, yes, I think, uh, you know, I think Mike wants the return units to be a difference maker for this team uh, because they do, you know, it'd be real easy just to take the ball at the 25-yard line, but they're working on kickoff returns. So, uh, you know, and they've got some guys that can return it. So, uh, you know, they have speed and power and balance. So, uh, yeah, listen, I think it's going to be an interesting year. Uh, I think it's a very uh, even playing field 
uh, across the ACC. I think you've got some teams that have a chance to be really good football teams or very solid football teams. I'm not sure that there is a great football team in the ACC this year. Uh, I think that both divisions are going to be kind of topsy-turvy. And to your point, I think there's going to be a lot of what we would call 50-50 games where you're right. Uh, are you doing everything the right way? Are you, you know, it's a game of images that we always hear, right? So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a exciting year. I cannot wait to see uh, what's in store for Florida State and the conference this year. And, uh, of course, we're going to get a, a pretty early uh, test uh, with LSU. Uh, I, I know L I know people uh, think LSU is kind of falling off the side of the map, but I, I, I'm not sure that that's the case. I think uh, between bringing Brian Kelly in and a roster that's uh, fully stocked, I think we're going to have a pretty good indication of where this team is after week two. Well, we're trying to meet them on the side of the map on the way back to the actual top of the map, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I will say this I think that they're, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what improved means uh, because I don't know how good everyone else is they're going to play. I haven't seen them practice. So, I don't know who's better than they were last year or who's worse than they were last year. But I can tell you this I think this program is headed in the right direction. Now, what that looks like on November 29th or 2030th, whatever, after that Florida game, remains to be seen we've got 14 weeks to win uh to play 12 games uh we'll see what it looks like but i certainly get the feeling uh and my sense of things is that this program is definitively heading the right direction now whether that means uh six wins seven wins eight wins whatever i don't know but it's going to be fun to watch and uh this has got a chance to be a, a fun football team pat we appreciate the insight as always and uh, we'll check in again during the season have a good one all right, guys, thank you so much. Patrick Burnham, our Osceola Insider, and we'll wrap up the show right after this. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Back on Front Row Knowles, time to wrap things up. Keith, uh, Patrick's optimistic. I mean, I think everybody's optimistic at this time. Clearly, it's a it's a deeper team than it was. There, there's more better players than there have been the last few years. There's not as many as you want to get. But I, I do agree. It's, you know, things are trending the right direction. It's a matter of how quickly do you get there and, and how does that serve Mike Norvell in the, in the interim? Because it's at some point, you have to turn the corner uh, or else you have to move on. But you, you've got to play the games and you've got to win the games. But there's a couple of three things that I think have jumped out in this 2022 season. Number one, remember, these are now Norvell's kids. These are not kids that he inherited. These are kids that he recruited. These are kids that they went after in a transfer portal. Whether you believe that you need to take all your kids from high school or all of them from the transfer portal or what the mix is and how you put it together, Bottom line is these are kids that Norvell and his staff said we want. They're not kids that they inherited. So from just the mindset of going after, you know, kids that are within the framework of what you believe you need. Number two, remember we've had some coaching changes. You've got a new quarterback coach. You've got Alex, who's the offensive line coach, but now is the coordinator. You've got Randy Shannon on the staff. He's the co-coordinator on the defensive side with Adam. You know, so you, you've got some different mixes in there with the coaching staff, good, bad, or indifferent. And then thirdly, 
you're getting a few more practices. Yes, you're starting early, but because you're starting early, you actually get a couple of three more opportunities to be on the field. And you put all of that together. And while there's always a lot of optimism at this time of the year, you can kind of read between the lines and the comments that the coaches are making, comments that the Pat Burnham's of the world are making, i.e. the media that is allowed to look at the practices. And this is a different vibe than last year. And, and I think it's a positive, different vibe. Oh, I think you're right. But obviously, uh, uh, it, it's like yesterday's starting pitcher, right? <laughs> I mean, you got to turn the page, and move on. They got to win some games. Exactly. Uh, as they get into it. So, Amish, what are you what are you most looking forward to here as we're, you know, two and a half weeks away from week one or game well, one? The biggest, the biggest thing at this time is, is injuries. Uh, you know, people are going to start getting nicked up. You, you want people to get hurt. You don't want people to get injured. And our, our listeners have heard me say it a million times. You, you have to play hurt, but you don't play injured. And, and now is when those bruises and, and contusions and strains and all the things start, you know, raising their ugly head. And so far, Florida State has been very, very uh, fortunate from an injury standpoint. And then you've got to keep your focus. It is very easy, as we talked about, for the drudgery. They're going six days in a week uh, in a row this week. They're going Monday through Saturday without a day off. That becomes a grind. And you've just got to be mature enough to work your way through it and not quit, not give up, not take a playoff, not take a rep off, not take a period off, and make sure you're continuing to get better. That will separate the ones from the twos, I guarantee you. Because, again, the eye in the sky don't lie. And they got that eye in the sky everywhere, and the coaches are watching. And I mean, it'll be evident. Not only all those days in a row of practice, but they're going over to Jacksonville for a couple of days too. I forgot about that. You're exactly right. Yeah, just to see how they respond in uh, different conditions, I guess, different environment. And, and I like that. We we didn't do that when I was playing. Uh, I know that there was some high school teams in Tallahassee back in the late '70s and through the '80s that, that would do some of that. You know, go off for two or three days. Um, it, it changes the environment, changes the mindset, gets you a little different. Plus, it prepares you when you have to go on the road. Uh, I think the concept's good. Uh, I hear that we're not supposed to be terribly excited about the field at North Florida uh, in terms of, of the practice surface, but maybe that's uh, improved as well. <laughs> well, you won't have to deal with the field, Keith, nor will I. But uh, exactly. folks have to continue to deal with us if they tune in each and every week right here. That's going to do it for now. We'll talk to you again next week, folks. Thanks for tuning in.